Welcome to the NABC Guardians of the Game podcast, where we go inside what makes a coach a coach. The NABC Guardians of the Game podcast is a production of the National Association of Basketball Coaches and Learfield. And now, your host, Tim Doyle. Welcome back to the NABC Guardians of the Game podcast. I'm your host, Tim Doyle, and today we're joined by Xavier head coach, Travis Steele. You waited a long time to be a head coach. You know, and you had an interesting journey along the way. Give us step-by-step, step, if you can, of why you wanted to get into coaching. You know, I wanted to get into coaching just to help uh, young men. You know, initially, my goal was to coach high school basketball. Wow. Um, I was coaching at Ben Davis High School in Indianapolis. I coached AAU basketball with what's while now. While you were still in college or after college? While I was still in, while I was still in college. I went wow. to Butler. I was coaching at Ben Davis High School. I coached AAU basketball. I had to pay my way through school. And the way I did that is I started up my own skill development company in Indianapolis at the time, training kids all ages, Tim. Like I'm talking third grade all the way to high school um, and help pay my way through school. And uh, But I just loved, I wanted to help kids get a free education. That was my whole, my initiative was like, I just wanted to see guys do well. And then my brother coached college basketball. Um, at the time, he was an assistant at, uh, at Butler, and then he went to become an assistant at Xavier, and then it just kind of worked out where I, I got into business, and the rest is kind of history. You talked about your brother, John Gross, someone who I got a chance to play against when he was an assistant at Ohio State, and looking through your bio, I saw that we played against each other when I was at Indiana. I may ask for a scouting report just for my <laughs> own ego. We could do that off screen, but you talked about your brother, John how often do you guys communicate throughout the season about your individual teams? We talk almost daily. Wow. Um, you know, we talk a lot. I try to watch his team when I can, right? He tries to watch our games when he can as well. Um, but we talk a lot. We share ideas and different things that maybe I see. And again, listen, he knows his team better than I know his team. I know my team better than I know. But again, it's nice to have somebody else to bounce ideas off of. Yeah, I got a chance to do some of his games throughout the years on CBS. And he's been known to, let's just say, think out of the box with his players, whether it's going to Pilates or playing ping pong or doing, you know, shooting games. Like, he'll try whatever with his squad. Uh, are you along the same lineage with yours? I am. I am. You know, you got to get creative. You got to be <laughs> outside the box. Um, he, he does a great job of that. Keeping things fresh. He understands and he does a great job just understanding the mentality, right? Because it is, it's a marathon. It's a long year and it can become monotonous, as you know, Tim, you're a really good player, obviously. And it's become a long year. It's how do you capture your guys' minds every game, every day? You, know, you almost got to recreate yourself and, and come up with the outside the box ideas. You had a lot of different stops uh, along your journey. You talked about, you know, starting a skill development program and then, you know, Butler and Indiana and the multiple stops. Is there one, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Is there one coach that maybe you pull from the most? Um, I, you know, I would say Sean Miller, you know, I I've known Sean, Sean was like a bigger brother to me. Him and my brother were on staff at NC state together for a long time. So I've known Sean for a long time. He brought me here to Xavier and just how he, he ran the organization like a CEO. Right. Tim. It was a, uh, he wasn't just a basketball coach. You know, he understand, he understood culture, how important recruiting was, everything mattered, and just how organized and systematic he was and everything that he did. Um, 
just gave us a great blueprint. And we still have a lot of what we do today is still what Sean did back here uh, at Xavier a long time ago. Uh, nine years you with the Xavier staff before getting promoted to head coach. When did you feel you were actually prepared to take over this job or are you still learning on the fly? I think you're always still learning, Tim. I mean, we're, we're, I'm constantly growing up just like hopefully everybody is, you know, but um, I was some, so, some slower than others, coach. That's just me <laughs> speaking. Okay. <laughs> you know, I was lucky, you know, Chris Mack was a tremendous coach. I mean, I've worked for some great guys. I mean, yep. Chris Mack is one of the best coaches in the entire country. Sean Miller, Kelvin Sampson, Thad Mata. I've worked for some great guys and you kind of pull from each one of those guys, but I don't know, you know, you have to kind of just do it. I don't know if you're ever like necessarily 100% ready. I thought I was ready to be a head coach at 18 years old, right? That's how naive I was. And, but you kind of learn, it's like, listen, you don't know. You just got to keep on learning, keep on growing, you know, work and understand at the end of the day, it's all about your players, the development, helping them kind of develop as a man and as a player as well. Uh, Xavier's had an amazing tree. You know, you talked about the guys that have gone on to other jobs. What about that program helps develop coaches? I think just that this place is a basketball school. I mean, through and through, we don't have a football team. Like we've been undefeated. I think it's been since 1977 or something. <laughs> we, we haven't lost. Everybody talks about Alabama football. Shoot. What about Xavier football? We haven't <laughs> lost any games. Um, but just this place is a basketball school. It's passionate 365 days a year. It's basketball um, the commitment level uh, to winning here. Our administration is top notch. Um, it's just a great, it's a great place. What does it mean to own the city? Now, I got a text. I'm not going to say from who, okay? Jordan Cornette. <laughs> he said, please ask him, uh, buying drinks after the game, taking pride and constantly beating your rival. Uh, is that something you guys openly talk about as a staff? Do you talk about it with your players? Does that matter to recruiting? How important is it to own your city? Very, very, very important. Um, we talk about Because why? You're recruiting the same kids or what? Yeah, just, you know, it, it, it's, it's more about our former players and our alumni base, our fan base. Listen, this the game between – and the Crosstown shootout means a lot to, to a lot of people, and we understand. We play for all those guys that came before us. Listen, Xavier wouldn't be Xavier without the Byron Larkins of the world, the Dave West, the Edmund Summers. We've had so many great players build Xavier to what it is today. They take a ton of pride in this game. And our guys know that. We talk about it year-round. They know how important this game is. And, uh, again, we were, we were fortunate enough to obviously win our third in a row. Uh, a young coach out there that's thinking about getting into coaching, and now that, you know, you're, crazy to think, established in this business, if you put the, your arm around them at the Final Four or at a local watering hole, what advice would you give someone who's thinking about getting in the profession? I think it's all about, it's all about relationships, you know, and, and I think so many times in the world, you know, we're always so worried about everybody is no matter what business we're in, what's next, what do I do next? And it's about just do a great job where you are, right? Crush it where you are, be completely invested. And then the rest of it will, will take care of itself. Um, last one for you. And we appreciate your time. What was the one coaching philosophy thought process during the pandemic that you found to be successful for your squad? 
you know, it was interesting. I thought we had to make a little bit of a change on the offensive end, Tim. Like, and I, so we, we did, a, I just did a deep dive. I was talking to every coach I could possibly get in touch with, honestly, over and especially over in Europe. Um, Cause I love the European style offensively. And I think that's the way the game's meant to be played. Just how the ball moves, the players move, they share the ball, how skilled they are spacing. Right. And we tried to really make a change on that end during the pandemic. We made a commitment to it. Like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to do this. We're, we're going to go away from maybe three out, two in to more four out, one in or five out at times and put a little bit more pressure on the rim with ball movement and cutting and driving. And I think it's really, really, really helped us on the offensive end. I, you know, that, that, I love that evolution. And I'll tell you a quick story here was when my dad who played for the Detroit Pistons, when he moved from Queens out to Long Island, our next door neighbor just happened to be Bob McKillop. Now, Bob McKelp was the head basketball coach at Long Island Lutheran High School. We are Catholic as a family, but Lutheran was a dominant program. They still are to this day, led by John Buck, their head coach. But he was so strict in high school. It was like Normandale and Hoosiers, like four <laughs> passes. And if you took out of an ill-advised shot or a quick shot, like he yanked you. He pulled you from the game. What makes this so ironic is fast forward to like 15, 20 years later, he's coaching a guy who's not only taking 40 foot threes, <laughs> but is making 40 foot threes in Steph Curry at a, at a rate that he's now the greatest basketball shooter in the history of the game. So my point is he evolved, you evolved, and you think that's really important for coaches to keep evolving throughout the process. I think so for sure. You know, the game's constantly changing. You look how much the three point line, right? Yeah. It's changed basketball and people are conforming to it. about 10 years ago, even shoot five years ago, people would say, Hey, if you take that many threes, what are you doing? Right. But if you look at all the analytical data, right, it supports it. And again, the game has changed and you got to change with the times. Otherwise you're going to be left in the, in the, in the past. I, I lied. This is, I have to follow up with the analytical question because I, I get it. And I played at Northwestern where we definitely shot a lot of threes and possessions really mattered. And, but we didn't really dive into the data of it. You know, we, we just played a certain way, right? Maybe he kept us in the dark, Bill Carmody did, but like we played a certain way and we were competitive even though we didn't have the same talent. Now the data has like completely swung the pendulum. Do you think it stays that way or do you think it kind of reverts back a little bit to maybe the old school style of play? I don't think it's ever going to go back. Wow. I, I really, I really don't. I, again, I always say, you know, people can lie. Uh, numbers don't lie. And, <laughs> you know, like they are what they are. Right. And, and I, I just think, man, you got to be able to maximize possession scouting so good nowadays, right? There's so many good coaches and you got to, you got to get any advantage you can. Again, that one point, an extra one point or two points per game. That's the difference of honestly, three wins per year. And, and that's the difference between having a really good season and having an average season. Well, I appreciate your time. Thanks so much. We wish you the best of luck the rest of the year, Coach. I appreciate it, Tim. And thanks for you guys for tuning in to the NABC Guardians of the Game podcast. And Coach Steele, thanks for your time. And come on back. We're going to talk more about the evolution, the coaching game, and why to get into coaching next time.